Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to KSDAD Radio. Friday the 13th Slasher Horror Extravaganza. And now, let's go to our host. Take it away, guys. And with me is Frederick Gorey. And this is a special Friday 13th because this is the first time in I don't know how many freaking years that a cable channel is running an actual Friday the 13th marathon. Sci-Fi Channel is showing uh, all day, and they're not doing that bullshit that AMC did during their last years, which is showing three or four films, then showing the exact same three or four films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's I actually missed the old Joe Bob Briggs. With it, ain't it? I'm sorry? That's how the young ones, the younger generation group of Friday the 13th is watching those marathons on TNT, American Movie Classics, uh, USA Channel. Yeah, that, I mean, I remember the uh, marathon that Joe Bob Briggs would hold every year. And then sometimes he would show Halloween on Friday the 13th. So <laughs> he liked to usually fuck people over with that one. <laughs> And he'd always bitch about how they cut out the good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. Because what was he on the movie channel where he could show him uncut? And then when he went to TNT, it was like, oh, yeah, you're not allowed to show tits or blood or, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, everything you're not going to see, this movie has. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. Wasn't 1989 the first year without a Friday uh, of the 80s without a Friday the 13th movie? I believe so, yeah, because they they started like lagging. I think that wasn't that around the time they was trying to talk, get the Freddy versus Jason thing going and it didn't pan out. Yeah, because uh, let's see, it started in 1980 with Friday the 13th and ended in 1988 with Friday the 13th Part Eight. So yeah, we got them one a freaking year. They were just yeah. churning <laughs> those bad boys out. Yeah, it was a good decade, just one after another. You know, and I remember all the other horror, slasher films couldn't keep up. Well, once it made money, they're the like, eh. And what's yeah. funny is people talk about Freddy and Michael Myers and Leatherface. Uh, if you really look, Michael Myers only had two, four, and five in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And was it? Nightmare on Elm Street, just one, two, and three in the 80s? Um, I think it got up to six. I think it got up to part six in the 80s. I don't remember in the 90s if they put a bunch out. I think it was... I think it was the late... It could have been the early 90s. They put out, like, the last one, Rosa and Barr or some shit. Yeah, here we go. It was uh, Elm Street, Elm Street 2, Elm Street 3, 4, and 5. Okay, and then six was the nineties, right? Yeah, because uh, Freddie didn't start to eighty-five. Gotcha. And uh, I mean, TCM just had two and three. 
Yeah, but you got yeah. No, three didn't come out. Three was eighties. I thought um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, two was definitely eighties. That that whole movie was fucking about capitalism. And I thought part three was a. Uh, no, that was eighties. That's right. Holy shit! Wow, because I remember the um, the uh, no, Liz Rocket. No, it was ninety. Um, right. It was ninety. But it was filmed in eighty nine. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, but, but I remember the Liz Rocket um, heavy metal music video, which it, I, I recommend oh, everyone that look that up like because it's fucking kick ass, didn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, but that heavy metal band was definitely eighties as as hard as it can be. Hair yeah. flying and everything. Uh, FGM <laughs> with power. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm no, as far as eighties because it rocked anything. It rocked more than anything you could get in mainstream metal. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was there. Was, I remember um, around that time with uh, Texas Three came out. I found a cassette in a bin for a band called Rigor Mortis, and I remember I bought it because it had the coolest um, skull with, with a, a cyclops skull with crossbones and long black hair, and it looked just like the grandfather from Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. After he got his uh, face blown apart, so I bought that. I remember, and I remember, I used to sit in my car. This is back when I used to still drive, and you know, blast it and think I was cool and shit. You know, as everybody's looking at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> oh well, but yeah, but, um, everyone else so, listened to that pop metal, and I was like putting on uh, the Leatherface soundtrack and stuff, and they're like, "What the hell is that shit?" I'm like, "Real rock, motherfuckers." <laughs> yeah, I and used now to crack you can't I mean, get I was a always... cassette on eBay for under forty bucks. A cassette. Yeah, I tried finding it online. I gave up after a while. I'm like, "Ah, eh, it'll, it'll someone will eventually." About... Yeah. Go ahead. I keep hope I I keep hoping that um I'll run into it at a horror convention like someone will have it on a table, and be like oh yeah give me five dollars you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. The CD itself goes for about eighty bucks, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, no, and I had that on um cassette as well, the Leatherface soundtrack. I wish I still had them. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people forget how hard that cassette. That soundtrack rocked. Yeah, I mean, it was like at the height. It was the end of the '80s, and metal was like hair metal was in full swing, you know. And then '90s grunge like killed it within like a minute. But before then, it was the, the this country was heavy metal was rocking heavy metal hardcore. So even yeah. punk was like dead at that point. Well, a couple of the bands on the Leatherface soundtrack were like punk metal. Yeah, I mean that's it was the whole crossover thing because like Suicide Tendency started off as like complete punk, and then right yeah. after that they got into like this metal punk hybrid, and then they went into total like emo. Like <laughs> it was like okay, what are you doing now? You know where they got really soft and started getting all emotional, and then they went to rap, funk rap, so because that started happening, which I think led into the whole '90s rap metal movement. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're diverting from our our slasher. Slash. 
Well, Flasher, <laughs> once Friday the 13th hit and made big money, pretty much it and Halloween in 79 and 80 making big money. Everybody and their mother was putting out Flashers, and they were a sure fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I remember um, Slasher films got so big, you'd go to the video store, and it'd be like horror, oh. classic horror, and then Slasher, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you'd have always have its been own home with fucking Slasher or your, one of your favorites. Like, uh, you remember the Grim Reaper, a.k.a. Anthrop... Right here, it's got Anthropophagus and Anthropophagus, yes. Which means, yeah, which means the Grim Reaper. Yeah, that's a yeah, classic. Uh, George Eastman. Yeah, it's one of those that when we first heard of it and seen the cut version, we're like, man, I can't wait to see the uncut version, man. He rips out a girl's fetus and all that. And then we got a hold of the uncut version and realized it was 90% of people just wandering around this empty house with nothing yeah. happening. <laughs> well, I mean, but that that's – I was going to actually get into it. That's the difference between, like, European slasher films and American slasher films is European slasher films is all about the atmosphere. They hit you with the gore. They punch you right in the face with it when they do it, but it's all about buildup and atmosphere. They because they still hold on to that old creepy haunted house feel for their yeah. films. But there's too much wandering you know, around the haunted house. I mean, the ending of it is fucking amazing with him getting gutted and then <laughs> eating his own fucking guts as he died. That's like a yeah, looking <laughs> looking the woman right in the eyes as he do does it too. He's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a who's third, she, who's, which is a perfect title for that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. It makes no goddamn yeah, I, sense. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there is a sequel to it. I think it's called Grotesque or something like that. Is the Absurd. sequel? Absurd, that's it. And I remember the cover of the box is his face and then like guts blending into his face. <laughs> like <Yeah>. what? <laughs> What happens is uh, uh, this priest is chasing him around and shoots him in the face, and then he goes to get surgery, then he heals himself, then he goes around and kills people for no fucking reason. <laughs> I mean, like I said, what, absurd what would you, is a um, perfect title for it. Yeah, yeah, because it is absurd. I was going to ask, Steve, in your professional opinion as a reviewer, what would you defi- um, classify as slasher and just gore film, because a lot of people like uh, like I got confused over Carnival of Blood. I'm like, eh, it kind of feels like a slasher because guys running around killing people in different unique ways, but it's so trippy and freaky. It doesn't really classify as a slasher because if we're going to classify it as a slasher, then Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast should be the first slasher film. It's the first ladder film, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it could count as a slasher film because it was remade in a... It did have a, holding up giant fucking quote, sequel in the 80s. Oh, I know you what remember. you're talking about. One of my favorite films. Blood <laughs> Diner. Can I say it? Yeah, go Blood ahead. fucking Diner. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, That's what the if no one's ever seen that movie... Yeah, I love it. It's a bizarre movie because yeah. it was 
written as a sequel to Blood Dine, Blood Feast, and then they decided not to. And then they decided yeah, um, again to make it a Blood Feast. And then they yeah, decided they, they were going to use another idea, so it became Blood <laughs> Diner. Yeah, they the, what they actually did go to Herschel Gordon Lewis and ask him, "Do you want to direct this?" And he's like, "No." So they were like, "Oh, that kind of fucks up our plans to make this a sequel." So they ended up getting, um, I forgot the woman's name. Uh, oh my god, she's Jackie amazing Kong. too. Yes, she she's balls to the walls, fucking gore slasher queen in my opinion. As when she made this film. And she was like, what, 20 years old or something like that? 18? I don't know. And she made the most yeah. fucked up movie you could think of? Yeah, she was young. And hilarious, she... too, especially when he dips the girl's head. To show you how serious you're supposed to take the movie, she dips one of the girl's head into Hush Puppy Batter and dips her into a deep fryer, and her head becomes a giant freaking Hush Puppy. Donut <laughs> that he smacks off with a broom. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole where, where, there's that whole entire scene where um, Georgie wrestles little Jimmy Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and there's it's no reason. Small penis Hitler. <laughs> or he rubs a hamburger on his ass while mooning someone. I mean, that's the kind of <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of movie. This is movie you should not take seriously, but if you haven't seen it. Definitely search out Blood Diner because it's a fucking instant classic. The second you see it, you're gonna you're gonna go out and try to hunt that disc down because it's worth every penny of it too. Well, it's out. Yeah, no. it's one of the ones that Lionsgate put out as its uh, Vestron video series. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna play a but pretty. The price hey, made me laugh. Pla- I want it, yeah, but no, I ain't it, paying no thirty-five dollars for it. See, I was like, fuck this. I paid. The, I, I I pulled my. I was like, let's see. I'm not eating this week. Fuck that. I got to get this movie. When I saw. I And I bought it at a Best Buy, too. I was shocked. I walked in the Best Buy, and I didn't even hear about it being released. And I'm walking down the aisle, and I was corner of my eye. I saw that classic poster of the Blood Diner and Neon with a knife going yeah. through it. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I grabbed it, went up to the register, and they were like, 37 25 whatever the tax was. And I was like, shit, I ain't got that kind of money. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. You know? <laughs> and I just didn't eat the rest of that week. So <laughs> That's how important this film was to me when I saw it. But to me, it's a quintessential like 80s slasher film that definitely needs to be seen. But um, as far as roots of slasher, so, I mean, we said blood, blood feast can be. The roots, but as we were discussing before this program started, was Twitch of the Death Nerve, 1971, Mario Bava. Um, that was definitely the quintessential. It set every trope up for every slasher film that followed. Knives. It even, Friday the 13th Part 2 completely stole a scene where the spear, the couple's making love on the bed. Huh? A. Singular? <laughs> yeah, they they stole a scene. <laughs> no, no, they... no, 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 no. Well, thirty percent of the kills were stolen from Twitch of the Dead. Well, sir. yeah. Well, I'm going for the most memorable one in, that everyone talks about with Friday the Thirteenth was the um, couple making love and getting stabbed from behind with a spear, 
which is funny because you watch the Friday Thirteenth one. Yeah, it's cool. You watch um, Twitch of the Death Nerve. It's balls in your face, fucking gore, and it's horrifying to watch. So yeah, no, and as you said, like that movie set up every slasher film to come after that. So yeah, that pretty and so most slasher films pretty much started are in a group of young a group of people, young or old, go to an uh, go to a secluded area and then get hacked up. Yeah. Oh, it's even better than that. As they're described in the bio, a group of hippies take over the island. <laughs> Imagine Italian hippies. <laughs> and if you watch the movie, that's like one fucking scene in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. So, yeah, this is another one that if you want to know the roots of slasher films, you want to know where Friday the 13th came from, Halloween came from, you know, how it got perpetuated to where, you know, yeah. the killer with the implements, the, the killer that basically raids the tool shed and goes after young people, stall started with Twitch of the Death Nerve. Yeah, and the first, so, that piece movie, which would be where... And that was a big slasher thing, is where they would just set up giant, elaborate set-piece kills. That would yeah. be Herschel Gordon-Lewis's 2000 Maniacs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they would just stop the freaking movie just so they could have a nasty-ass kill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the movie has all kinds of plot going. Then all of a sudden it's like, all right, got to drop a rock on this person. All right, we got to cut her finger oh, off and then saw her you fucking arm off. You don't worry now, honey. Old Peter and Rock there will be all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the best centennial ever. <laughs> it's going to be the best centennial ever. Or little Billy, the little bastard. I yeah. didn't even get yeah. my candy. You shut up, Billy. You almost went wrong. Oh, screw you. I'm going to go find me a cat and have some fun. Yeah, but I guess, you know, to, to, to separate the slasher from the gore films, like Herschel Gordon-Lewis, Carnival of Blood, even the um, 70s Curse of the um, Headless Horseman, which was had some bloody kills in it. I mean, Curse as far as the, the modern... Curse Scooby-Doo episode with a little bit of blood in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Carnival of Blood, but the I mean, one with the guy from Rocky, was the early 70s. Yes, that was 1970, actually, which came out the year yeah. before Twitch of the Death Nerve. So I was always on the fence. Is that the first gore film? Or, I mean, the first slasher, or is Twitch of the Death Nerve? You know, but, I mean... Twitch of Death Nerve, it was 68. Yeah. No, mine's a 70. Mine, mine straight up says 70. I have the um, Something Weird video release. Twitch of the Death Nerve? Oh, no, no, not Death Nerve. No, 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 um... Carnival yeah, Death Nerve is a uh, 68, and then you could go a little earlier and yeah. go into Baba's Blood and Black Lace. Yeah. I guess um, 71 was the uh, Twitch of the Death Nerve title. I don't know, because they, they, they kept re- releasing it under different titles. Yeah, Twitch of the Death Nerve, Carnage, New House on the Left, Last House on the Left, <laughs> Part 2. Yeah, <laughs> like you can only guess what that, film they released with a lot during the freaking 70s. Yeah, 
and that's that's the beauty of uh, Italian horrors is they just keep releasing the same film under different titles. It's like they learned from uh, Ray Dennis Steckler. Oh, just give it a different title and re-release it. I'll make some money off of it. Yeah. And one that <laughs> everyone needs to see, which really isn't talked up enough in the slasher scene, is 1982's Alone in the Dark. Yeah. That one I saw once. So you're going to have to talk about that one. That one I don't know uh, too much about. It's got Martin Landau and Jack Palance's Psychos in it. Yeah. See, I thought I you need to know. Of it. You remember, um, what? what's that, uh, the compilation movie, Terror in the Isles. That's where yeah. I first learned about that movie, and I rented it, saw it, liked it, and I haven't found a copy of it since, and then I forgot about it, of course, you know. The image DVD of it is out of print, and I haven't seen an imprint since. Yeah. I've got yeah. it. it. It's not a high-end item, but it won't, but it won't go cheap. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'm going to rob your house one day. I'm, I'm sure your but collection you dwarfs mine. You've got a movie where uh, the ending is Jack Pellance walks in a punk club with a 44 mag them. Actually, a sick fucks, Joe. <laughs> Goddamn. And then this woman grabs a gun and he says, you're home. And then he's happy because he's at home in a punk rock club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one I'm going to have to search out and try to find. Because that one, like I said, I saw it on Terror in the Isles, and I rented it, and then I haven't seen it since. Oh, it's it's just great. It's got the best under-the-bed kill ever. It's like, all of a sudden, this couple's making out in bed, then, boom, this giant knife comes up like Jaws sin. <laughs> it just goes after them, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And they can't get off yes. the bed because they know the killer's under there with a big-ass knife ready to cut them as soon as they jump off. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I would have jumped up on the bed and then made it land on the killer. <laughs> I've oh, seen yeah. enough of those movies to where I, you, you, when you see enough of them, you, you, can, you can kind of figure out how to, how to survive a slasher film. <laughs> yeah. And here comes one, and here is one of my most hated ones of the '80s. This one can burn in hell, and anyone who likes this is kind of dumb. And that's April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, how the hell are you going to have a slasher um, movie where no one gets slashed? Yeah, that's another one. I saw it once. I rented it for my birthday when I was young. And I remember watching it going, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then when the ending came up, I was like, oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> sure, okay. no one died, I guess. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. the ending is I everyone mean, laughing at her while this couple is looking like they got post-traumatic shock syndrome while their friends are all laughing at them. Yeah. Yeah, that that's, that's another. When the that was the one. Really started so and pulled that stuff on me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Steve. Yeah, no. Nah. I mean, it had some interesting I? kills. Yeah, it had some interesting kills for the time, like a little creative. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, uh, you you kind of just ruined it. it uh, another film that almost ruined it with a surprise ending was uh-huh. um, City of the Walking Dead. 
Remember, he wakes up in bed, and you're like, oh, no, it was all a fucking dream. Fuck you, movie. And then, of course, it's like, oh, was it? You know, he shows up at the airport, and it's going to start all over again. You know, so they kind of redeemed themselves. They gave you that, that, ooh, it's a dream ending, and then they just said, nope, it's real. Fuck you. <laughs> I was just mostly pissed Hugo Stiglitz didn't get killed with his wooden ass. Oh, hey, you don't talk about fucking uh, actor in the movie don't get killed? Oh, yeah. Hey, leave Hugo Stiglitz alone. <laughs> a man with a name like Hugo Stiglitz. <laughs> yeah, the king of that. He had he had he had the mo- most machoist beard ever. <laughs> and here's yeah, one no, he was that, if you remember, if you watch it, this one was almost great. If they would have had a better ending, and that would be Bad Dreams, the one that tried to be a yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. There's only one really yeah. great scene in the movie. And, well, I don't know what yours is, but mine is the the, the knife through the hand. Listening mine to is, the is my way. And it's not even the slasher the scene. It's like, just a guy sitting there. What the hell? <laughs> this isn't uh, the guy goes, this isn't what you're supposed to do. This is tea, pure liquid THC. This is LSD. Yeah. This is downers. And the doctor yeah. runs off, and as soon as he's gone, that other doctor just whoop, doo, 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 starts putting it in his pocket. <laughs> well, the actress in it, she was in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, right? She was the yeah. Switchblade girl? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it was kind of like, it was total. That was a big thing in the 80s, was ripping off Freddy Krueger films. You know, yeah. they kind of had that same feel, a lot of them. Yeah. Well, that first 20 minutes of it where it has time has come today by the Brothers Chambers during that whole scene where the cult setting themselves on fire, that was fucking great. Yeah. No, like you said, it was cool. And then, you know, it, they just did, you could just tell the, they didn't know how to end it. Yeah. They built up a great They were they trying built to up set up a franchise. Film. Yeah, and it didn't work. <laughs> it kind of just went, meh, okay. That was another one that I rented and didn't buy it. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. I actually seen this one in the theaters, Bad Dreams. Oh, God, no. <laughs> you know, I think that's around the point to where Freddy Krueger was almost like a Warner Brothers character at that point. You know, I'm going to drop yeah. boulders on people's heads and, <laughs> you know, like playing video yeah. games with people. After three, he was like Jokey Freddy. Yeah, and the the slasher films that came out after that started get, getting that way. Even the um, Jason films started getting kind of jokey. You know, they I mean, it kept the same formula, but it was like they always had to have that one funny guy in it, you know? Yeah, or just put, well, six worked and they put in jokes. Well, no, six is a classic. You can't, no one could ever shit on six, you know? Yeah. And the fact that they have uh, Tom uh, in it from uh, Return of the Living Dead, you know, I mean, you can't, you couldn't beat that formula. Yeah. But um, no, nah, I mean, what was it? Um, did, I, I'm just trying to think of because uh, Jason pretty much defined the slasher films in the '80s, like because, like you said, there was one a year, like it just kept going, kept going, and the other ones couldn't keep up. You know, Halloween gave up. And it was a sure thing, too. You knew what you were getting. I mean, I don't want to for it, really. It was like the same reason that people go to McDonald's hamburgers. They know it's going to be a half-assed burger, but they know what the hell they're getting. Yeah. 
Yeah, what was it? By um by a certain point, like Halloween started going into like, you know, Colts and then, you know, three which I loved completely wasn't a slasher at all. <laughs> it's just like yeah. and Leatherface, like you said, you know, after part there was part two and then there was a oh, long God, wait for part three. Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my god, that movie was horrid. Ah, oh, hey, 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 hey. I have a love for that film. I have a weird love for that film. I, don't ask me how, why, but I remember I got I had a boot I think I still have my bootleg VHS with the original title, The Return of the um Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it was completely uncut. Shit that we got on DVD. Yeah. Well, um I I think Shout Factory or Screen Factory put the uncut Texas a Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre out. Isn't so that the one that really comes actually, down that bizarre UFO cult bullshit that just made you go, am I on drugs yeah, yeah. during the last 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's why I loved it. And it was also at that peak of the um, angsty 90s grunge movement. I mean, even Leatherface was like, I'm the sad cross-dresser, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what I mean, the fuck? Was... Oh, running down the road chasing somebody looking like Divine with a mask on. <laughs> exactly. That's why I love that film. Like, it's, I mean, it's is it gonna is it Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, two, or even three? Is it the brutal Leatherface? No, but it's bizarre enough for it to become a beloved film for me. Like, I can watch that over and over again. Well, because it is so I different. Well, I love the first two Platinum Dunes remakes just because Arlie Ermey's a fucking amazing addition to the family. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, yeah, the Hewitt family. Yeah, no, that's the reason to watch that one. I didn't like too much what they did with Leatherface because it started getting into this trend to where they were taking our slashers who were very complicated, like Leatherface. The original Leatherface was a very complicated character. Retarded, yeah. wore skins of women because he was had the feminine role of the family. Yeah, so every, he was, he, every time he, he put on a different mask, it changed his personality. Yes, and you know he's the pretty he's the pretty girl, or he's the cook. You know he's he's cutting the meat up, wearing his yeah. apron. You know he even had nail polish in the on. first one after he killed the third kid. And he runs to the window and has that look on his face like, where the fuck is these kids yeah. coming from? Yeah, like pretty much almost crying. Like, oh, my God. Like, he had the feminine role. And part two, he was just, you know, part two was just 80s party movie. You know, it was more about capitalism. Like, you yeah, know, what are you, some new health food outlet? <laughs> what? Chop Top was good. Oh, no, I love Part 2. Part 2 is a classic. But it definitely veered hard away from the psychological horror that the original had. Yeah. And then when Part 3 came out, Leatherface, that's when Leatherface became the big hulking, meaner than fucking shit, you know, I'm going to kill you. The feminine part went to um, Vigo's character. Oh, they cut that down in the R-rated cut. Yeah. Now, I already no, cut tell my fe- favorite scene with Vigo. With it's the, where the, the girl screams or... at him and, you, and I already cut, what are you going to do, rape me? 
And he looks at a boyfriend yeah. and goes, oh, honey, I don't swing like that. <laughs> so, yeah, Vigo <laughs> took on the feminine role, and Leatherface became the heavy metal monster. I was hoping yeah. with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from Platinum that they were going to return to Leatherface's more feminine role, you know, as, yeah. you know, I, I hide in the closet and I'm wearing girl skins. They kind of just made it like the heavy metal one. And I don't hate the remake. I love it. I have it. I watch it a hundred times a day. Yeah. Not, not exaggerating. But I was I was a little disappointed that they didn't go back to the psychological trauma of Leatherface. They just made them... They they put too much reasoning into it. They explained too Did much. Did you ever oh, we got see that, that shitty remake that came, that shitty prequel that came out a couple of years ago that had uh, Leatherface as an emo team with a pig face on? No, I skipped that one. I completely oh, ignored God. that one. Did, I haven't seen any right after call, the sir. other remake. Yeah. You made the right call, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Because I, I saw the trailers and I'm like, no, no, this no. They're veering too far from what I, I. I mean, after a while, it's not even Texas Chainsaw Massacre anymore. You know, it's, it's like just they, they should just give it a different name. Gonna, it's like we're gonna do an origin story for Jason. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we know Jason's origin story. He's a retarded pinhead who got lost in the, who fell into the water. They thought he drowned. Got lost in the. The woods was eating crawfish for twenty years until he saw his mom die, and then he grew up in the woods in a cabin. That's fun. So. That brings up something that always cracks me up. Both of them were wandering around the woods for twenty years. I've always wanted to make a comedy short of both of them <laughs> running around the woods and just barely missing each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the mom and Jason. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's eating crawdads off the off the bank of the Jersey Shore. There, you know. <laughs> I mean, officially, if you really watch the Friday the 13th films, Jason doesn't really die until part four. Jason, he grows up. He's a, he's, matter of fact, yeah, they show him in part two. He's got long... I'm sorry, what was that? What do we affectionately call him from six on? Six on? Yeah. Ooh, we, um, zombie six Jason? On, we call him zombie Jason. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because you know he well, he basically yeah, he comes back like Frankenstein style. He's dead, you know. And I do love what um they did in Jason Goes to Hell. I know people hate that film, but I love the fact that he's now more just a demon that keeps coming back. You know, I love that he gained that power, and of course that was reaffirmed in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, you know where that where. Freddie pretty much admits, I've searched the bowels of hell to find a soul evil enough to fucking go and do my bidding to take these goddamn kids out so I can get my fucking Elm Street kids back, you know? So I do love that whole architect of how it went, you know, because it kept coming up with ways to try to bring... one thing from the original Freddie versus Jason script. What was that? It was going to be Freddie, Cornhole Jason, and then Drowned Him. Ah, that's right. Yeah, because he, he was a child molester, and he would have been working the camp. 
Forgot about and that part. Yeah. Can you think of any way that would have worked? Yeah, no. No. Well, and I mean, plus it would I do not want to see. Story. Yeah. Would you want to see? It would have fucked up the um, timeline of, of um, Jason, too, because, J- you know, if he actually drowned in that lake, then how did he grow up in part two to be, I guess, uh, early 20s with long fucking heavy metal hair? You know, wearing overalls. <laughs> I know. So he didn't. That's why. That's why Tom Savini didn't come back. It's because he thought that the yeah, timeline was... was stupid, which it actually yeah, he's is. Like... Yeah, and, and that's why I got the whole Jason eating crawfish in the fucking lake. It's like because Savini said that he's like, what was he eating? This deformed kid is running around in the woods eating crawfish out of the lake for twenty years. <laughs> you know. <laughs> until he could get, until he got big enough to get revenge for his mom, <laughs> like. So it is, Mama? it is silly, but I mean, I just buy it. I, I just latch onto it. So, happy Friday thirteenth, everyone. <laughs> yeah. But um. So I mean, I did like that, but I, the one thing that I did miss that was in the original script or one of the versions of the script was Satan was going to have a competition. Between Freddy and Jason, he was going to send them both back to Earth or reality or, you know, our plane of existence. And whoever can get the most kills would be able to stay and the other one's soul would be destroyed. That was kind of cool. I kind of, you know, but then they, I guess they didn't want to end it, you know, because then, then they would have had to been like, oh, one of them has to die then and there would be no more franchises. So yeah. they, they kicked that one. <laughs> and towards the middle of the ages, we started getting. Well, it it started in 1981 with Boarding House. Oh. Have, have you seen that horrid, boring piece of shit? That is a bits and pieces. By Satan. Yeah, no, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I never, I never yeah, sat and watched the whole thing. Is two hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> is it worth it? Like, like is it God, even like no, worth watching? Nothing happens. Okay. There's even a lot of scenes about this big stud guy, who's presented as this <laughs> macho ladies man who has five beautiful women throwing themselves at him, renting his house. And he does nothing with them to the point where they have to have a scene where the girls are debating. Is he some kind of fag? <laughs> he hasn't tried anything with me. He hasn't tried anything yeah. with me either. Okay. Does he even have any balls? <laughs> I missed that one. I told totally you. And it was shot on videotape and released to the theaters. And they called it Hypnovision. <laughs> All right, I definitely missed that one. After watching an early 80s VHS tape quality shot film on early 80s home equipment. That sounds like um, Blown up 35 millimeter. Yikes. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Maybe I didn't see scenes of that. I'm I'm thinking of something different. Whoa. That sounds too horrible. Because there's a lot of slash. Like I said, I in the back in the video store days, I would go to the video store, saw it, saw it, saw it. Fuck that. That looks too shitty. Saw it, saw it, saw it. <laughs> nope. 
saw it. Yeah, like uh, the stuff from Arkansas, like a blood cult. Yeah. Yeah, and which I actually had that on DVD. Don't ask me why. Why? I think I watched why? it like twice. <laughs> Can you actually see what's going on now? I couldn't see shit on the VHS tape. I only um, had the music sort of. and the screaming to tell me that somebody got fucking killed in that movie. <laughs> sort of. And and that was a I remember when I originally saw it, it was a rental. You know, it was a lesson. I a friend and I went into the video store, and we were like, all right, we got our weed. We got our fucking booze. We're going to break into the church tonight because they got the video equipment because we're not watching this at our house. So we rented it, got into the church to to their, a, you know, the AV room, audio video room, popped it in. We're stoned off our asses going, what the fuck? <laughs> and I, I don't even know if we got to the end of that one because we did a double feature. We got that. And um, the Johnsons. So if you remember that little um, trippy film. Yeah, that one With was the, good. Though. Yeah, the the four brothers. What was it? Four brothers or three brothers? Three brothers. Four brothers. Four. That's what it was. It was the four brothers, and I like I said, we were stoned off our asses. And I just remember the kid with the fucking mouth kazoo going, 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 going. <laughs> As, with, with the that, blood uh, being smeared. Uh, boy Pumpkins would have got to film his uh, original version because there's supposed to be a scene where they break into a porno shop. Oh, really? That I don't know. And they start know, sword fighting weird. with dildos and stuff. Uh, what was the plot of that? Of I don't even remember the fucking plot. Uni- uh, strap onto his head and dance around going, I'm a unicorn! I'm a unicorn! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they have, like, a sister that they were supposed to impregnate to bring some god back or some shit? Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I own two copies of it because it's a hard fucking movie to find. Oh, uh, okay. I just remember that it was just so bizarre we were impressed. We were like, we have no fucking clue what's going on, but this is good. <laughs> yeah, the original was on street trash levels of bizarre. Yeah. Oh, street trash is a classic, too. Yeah. But yeah, we got so a what lot. What was your first slasher? Did you ever see The Ripper with Tom Savini? Oh, you mean where he's in it for like a minute? Yeah, two <laughs> minutes. But he's minutes. on the VHS box. Yeah, As where he just star. comes out and he's like, "Hi." Yeah, yeah, he's the star Hi. of the film and he's that's in it for Tom two Savini. minutes. Ah! And then dies. And that's basically his entrance. Like he walks in, he's like, "Hi, I'm the Ripper." You know, it's like what? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I that's another one that I rented and forgot quickly. That was the problem. That well, that was the beauty of video stores. Was you could rent like a twenty films, and and write down. Okay, this one's good. This one's good. That shit. This is good. This is good. That shit. You know, which led to you know our generations hunting DVDs down or Blu-rays down because we're like, oh, that one's good. I can get that one. You know. <laughs> Like yeah, I said, I still can't yeah, explain why. We got a lot of shot on videos. The ones that I would recommend, slasher-wise, are uh, video violence. Yes. Well, one and two. Yes, I have the um, I have the giant oversized clamshell box with the VHS and the DVD. Me too. I and got I got it autographed. God. Yeah. If you can find the video violence one or two, just watch it. It's more 
funding you would think of. Is it the second one that has the commercial for uh, the blood remover? Yeah. Yeah. Blood remover product for the slasher on the go. Oh, damn. I killed my wife, and I screwed up and wore my all white outfit. (laughs) <laughs> well, the the video release. Did you get it in New York at Forbidden Planet? Because they were there doing a signing for it. I got I got mine autographed. No, I didn't. Oh yeah, the the release of the oversized clamshell VHS with the DVD. They were there signing, and I got a. Po- they took Polaroid picture of me with the director. Oh nice. <laughs> they went completely eighties with the whole signing. <laughs> It was great. And don't forget Tim Ritter's Truth or Dare. Yes. Yes, that that's a classic. I remember... That's why it's brilliant. Yeah. I still remember that VHS box with the sil- with the um, silver rip in it, you know? I still remember yeah. that. It had that foil glowing, that um, shiny foil on it. And it was yeah, like Truth, Truth or Dare, a bloody. What was your first one that you ever saw? Sean Video? No, a slasher film, any slasher film. That you could sit there and be like, wow, I'm watching a slasher film. Oh, uh... When a Stranger Calls. That was your first one? That's a great one. Yeah, mine... I was very young. Yeah, it was. No, when a stranger calls is great. Wow, that's one's way back there too. See, you you saw you saw one of the ones at the height, like when it was still like classy slasher, you know. Yeah, but, um, like classy slasher, like Dress to Kill. Yes, yeah. Remember those? It was like Dress to yeah. Kill. Um, Don't look now, Alice, Sweet Alice. They were like classy shot horror, like slasher films. You know, where they were almost like art house films, you know? Well, Alice Lee Alice was definitely one of the best anti-Catholic films ever made. Yeah, no, and that's one of my favorite slashers. Alice Sweet Alice, you got to see that one. A.K.A. Holy Terror. A.K.A. Um, what is butt. it? Communion. <laughs> yeah. But Errol just put yeah. it out on Blu-ray in a nice edition, and it's only 20 bucks. Yeah, I, I I pre-ordered it and got it like right before it got released. It was it, I I that was always been one of my favorites. You know, I had it on VHS. I had it uh, on the first DVD where it had the um, original opening, where it was like holy commun holy terror. You know, when she's lifting up the knife. But um, that that is well, the and it's funny. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, there was that whole time period where it was like slasher films were almost disguised as like art house or classy films in the 70s, 80s, you know? There was a couple of those that came out. And you're the one that got me. Yeah, you're the one. I remember you're the one that showed me um, Don't Look Now with uh, Sutherland. I hadn't seen it till you told me about it, and I remember watching it, going, "Holy shit, this is fucking great!" <laughs> and oh, God, to me, that's yeah. like the that art. Great. That I'm like, that okay, is okay. The one 
double feature. I wish I'd go back to time and see uh, the Wicker Man and Don't Look Now. Just oh. yeah, and Alice Sweet Alice. They, the director said, "Yeah, I I based my writing on Don't Look Now." He said he saw I Don't Look Now and said that's how you do a slasher film, and that's how he made Alice Sweet Alice, which was a little bit more, you know, guerrilla filmmaking, uh, grittier. But it still has that, like, you know, above the grimy slasher, um, you know, film. It, it has, like, a classic classiness. So there's not a lot of those out there of, as and far as slasher one, films. To me, one of the most painful stabbing scenes ever in a slasher. Oh, God, the stairs. <laughs> yeah. When the Alice. hand stabs through the ankle. Ah. Yeah, why is it, even in a slasher, if we watch them like, oh, he got gutted with a chainsaw, I can handle that. But just a knife yeah. through the ankles or something could actually happen. Yeah, oh, to the God ankle damn. and to the knee. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> Yeah, to the top of the foot. Yeah, no. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one of the most brutal slash scenes ever is in uh, Alice Sweet Alice. Anyone that hasn't seen it, Search that one out, Alice Sweet Alice. Yeah, look that movie up. It's just a great movie, period. Yeah. What would you think of the modern The way the titles were ranked, Fred, it was first uh, Communion, and then released as Alice Sweet Alice, and then Holy Terror. The later Alice Sweet Alice Holy Terror releases were focusing on the fact that Brooke Shields was in the movie for two minutes. Yeah. She yeah, which uh, I'll spoil it for you guys. She dies within two million, so don't rent it. Going, hey, I got a Brooke Shield film. <laughs> yeah, but but Alice, the girl that played Alice, she was in her twenties when she did that, like early twenties. She looks like she's a like seven years old, but she was a ballerina. Yeah, and they got lucky; they found an adult that could play a child because she looks like a fucking child. Like you look at her, you're like, man, that kid's fucked up, and then you're like, oh, she was, she was like twenty, twenty one, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> speaking of the classier slasher that wasn't normal, let's talk about the Boogeyman. Oh, yes. Was it Susan Love? Yes, yeah, Susanna Love and Willie Lamel. Susanna Love. Yeah, Susanna Love. Yeah, I had the biggest and crush I had on her of because the I remember goofier kills I've seen in a slasher film. Yes, yes, definitely. The barbecue goofy. fork through the mouth, and then the goat, and then the ghost slash slasher slams the door on the other girl's butt and makes her stab herself with it. Yeah, or the kid who comes in to, through the window and he closes the fucking window on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> no, that one, but that's great. That ending gets kind of chilly, where she has the uh, glass and the mirror in her eye, and you know it was kind of yeah. creepy the ending. So, now my favorite it's film is only slasher that's crossed with the actress's film. It's about a possessed mirror. Yeah. Yeah, and they tried to go for like that the Halloween feel too with that opening. Yeah. They tried to do like a Halloween ripoff, then it went into complete left field into possessed mirrors and uh, evil spirit. You know, <laughs> the kids running around with a piece of mirror on the bottom of his shoes, killing people. It's like. Not the kids, yeah. but like the mirrors causing death, 
my favorite is the um, couples that were across the fucking lake in that abandoned house getting killed. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the one where they were making out in the car and a barbecue fork stabs one through the mouth and then <laughs> the butt? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Some of the kills are just yeah. goofy on purpose. Did yeah, you but I mean, see Boogeyman 2? I didn't see Boogeyman 2. No, I completely skipped that one. Imagine, oh, it's hilarious. Imagine Uli LaMail oh, really? making a whole movie about how much he fucking hated making Boogeyman 1. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I, I got to search that one out then. And one girl I gets killed had... by toothpaste. Oh, God damn it. This will tell you how much I, I do love Boogeyman, though. And then when she gets her throat cut, toothpaste comes strolling out of her throat instead of blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> This will this will tell you how much I love the Boogeyman though, like because it's such a bizarre film. I actually yeah. went and searched out for the original vinyl record, the soundtrack, and the soundtrack that I bought came uh-huh. with a CD that was cut as a vinyl that you could put on a record player. It's a CD that you put on your record player to play and see old uh-huh. adver- radio advertisements for the film. Yeah, and we can't forget Maniac 2, the sleaziest, grimiest New York slasher <laughs> of the early 80s. <laughs> Maniac 2, or is it Robbie's uh, film, uh, that clown Mr. film? Robbie, yeah, that was never made. That's Mr. only like a five-minute bit. Yeah, which which broke my heart because I would have loved to have seen that fully fleshed out. That that could That movie could have went somewhere. You know, and it has Zito, and I mean, come on, that that would have been that would have been another instant classic. That film. So, Mr. Yeah, Robbie. I mean, yeah, that would have been good. Man, Rest in peace, I actually sir. got to see Maniac with an audience of younglings about two years ago. They were Ooh. sort of giggling at first, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ironic stuff. Yeah. But one. Yeah, you know. Spinell started getting into his, you shouldn't have gone out tonight, Spill. <laughs> you yeah. could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton through the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, once that movie gets going, it's intense as fuck. Yeah. Maniac is, will always be, I mean, even by today's standards, the original Maniac is a hardcore fucking movie. And Savini's effects, yeah. that, that's when he was at his top. As far as his slashing effects, you know, I mean, what, did he do, was that before or after Friday Thirteenth? Uh, you know that dummy at the end of the movie that pops up where he with the head cut off. Yeah, that's my Mavoris. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. So yeah, yeah. so know? yeah, this is. Yeah, he just grabbed the Mama Vori's torso and just used it at the end of the movie. <laughs> and he used that when they rip his head off? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's a classic, too. Savini's actually in it where he gets his head blown off, which that scene, you know, you're, you you think everything's fine. Then when he gets his fucking head blown off, it's like, holy shit. It's like Saturday Night Fever with a serial that killer in it. seriously anymore after hearing the commentary. See, I haven't watched it with the commentary yet. I, I still have my um, original uh, 10 limited edition with yeah. the commentary and the soundtrack. I, 
what happened yeah, I have him. when he uh, blew his own head off? Uh-huh. And look for this the next time you watch it. The shotgun blew his, the the top of the hood was wet for the condensation because it was late at night. Oh, God. And the shotgun I know what you're blast gonna knocked his ass <laughs> head over tea kettle. <laughs> and you can see him do like a 360 off the top of the hood. Yeah. <laughs> All right, they they must have cut it short then, so you don't see that. No, you can I see him. You see his foot go up in the air, and <laughs> I do remember reading though that they didn't have a permit to fire a gun, so they had to like am spray quick. Like they yeah, they, they just left the, the car there, and then when they went to shoot pickups a week later, they was praying that the car was still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. That's the good old days. Well, yeah, well, this was, was still there, New York. and it was like full sure of rotten uh, shrimp cocktail from where they did the effect. <laughs> oh, God. oh yeah, that was back in the day where they just filled the head with like meat and cocktail. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have the um, advanced special effects like now, like the gelatin that they could use or the silicone that looks real. But no, that movie's still great. That movie is definitely one of the top of the uh, slasher films, Maniac. Yeah, that one would but, definitely, um, you would definitely put as a gore film. Yeah, but it's definitely That one went out too, full too. unrated. So did The Prowler, too, I think. I've never seen an R-rated uh, trailer or print for The Prowler. Have you? No. No, and all I have is my DVD from Anchor Bay, and that, I believe, is cut as well. I don't think there's I've an got, uncut. Yeah. I've got the Blu-ray, and it's from Blue Underground. You can get it for six bucks. Yeah, see, I don't know. Do you know the, the, the how long it is? Uh, how long yeah, the film is on there? Let me go. Let me go find my disc real quick. Hold on, i got to go a couple rooms, but... Cause I'm, I'm now now you have me curious like if if mine is uncut or not because mine is an old DVD. I had that. I it was Anchor it Bay. Anchor Bay. Yeah. Yeah, I think mine is Anchor Bay too. So probably your print would be the same as mine. Let me see. I don't even know where I had it because I just got slasher films everywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, because I'm curious. Do, do they have the time of how long yeah. it is? Okay, yeah, I have um, Blue Underground, and mine is 89 minutes. minutes. Yeah, Yeah, it's uncut. We have the same cut. It's uncut? All right. Yeah. So they never released a longer cut, though, right? Because I I keep hearing rumors like there's like a, you know, an hour's footage cut out of it of just straight-up gore. (laughs) No. Okay. All right, so yeah, because yeah, you know, you, you hear a lot of rumors when you talk about slasher films. Yeah, there's always stories. Well, you know, you know what um, pushes that is they kept releasing uh, Dawn of the Dead with more and more footage. Like now, it's up to like 159 minutes. You know, well, uh, the German cut, more more... which is after hours cut, is the kitchen sink cut. Yeah, I have that one. I have the it German has every Blu-ray. bit of usable footage that's available. Yeah. 
And I, I actually I, I ordered it from Germany, hoping my player would be able to play it. <laughs> and thank God it was all region. So <laughs> I was like, yay, I can watch it. Because <laughs> before that, I was used to the um, mall hours cut, which is about the same thing, but it's very sloppily done. Yeah, that was a fan edit that I'm amazed they got away with releasing that on freaking commercial DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, the best way to get it is either find the out-of-print Arrow 5-disc Blu-ray of it or get the Anchor Bay out-of-print Deluxe Edition. But neither of those have the 150... um six or nine minute cut of it though they have the 132 at the most that's That's just every bit of footage it's not a legit cut yeah well that's that's why i'm saying that like i'm a completist i i'm like if you can give me like you know two more hours of dawn of the dead i'll take it (laughs) that's like one of my top films right there Oh God! Yeah, I heard once right, so along, as as, that the music really gets schizophrenic because I've heard there's a in the scene where they're running through the mall, it like cuts from uh, the library music to the goblin music back to the library music. That's on the mall hours cut. The German um, yeah. Blu-ray, they fix it. They they fix the audio. That was one of the things with the German Blu-ray is they fix the audio to where it doesn't cut back and forth like that. They basically took the mall hours cut and redid the sound, re-edited to where it's smoother, and they kind of matched them. So they did process it to match a little better. Because if you watch the mall hours cut, it's like, you know, it's like raw-ass footage, the movie, raw-ass footage, the movie, and like you said, the music kept changing. You know, they fixed all that in the uh, German Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> and another good one that's underrated, well, it's good, but not one of the best is Terror Train. That one's good. Oh, yes. As far as, like, That the, one was the, one um, of the least you, bloody as a, well, it was the second least bloody. Even April yeah. Fool's Day, with its fake murders had more blood than uh, the number one, which is Prom Night. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to get to that one eventually. Prom, you know, I watch Prom Night when I'm, like, really bored and I want a good laugh because it's just so, oh, God, it's like, I don't hate the film, but I don't love it. It needs some I fucking editing some, on the first half. Yeah, it, 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 you kind of get like, all right, come on, let, let's let's get the movie going here, you know? But once yeah, it gets I mean, going, it's pretty decent. I mean, it'll never live up to like, like you said, Terror Train. But Prom Night is is a slog, you know. It is a slog, and that movie was sold because of Leslie Nielsen's in it, who was big at the time. Well, and back then, anything, any slasher with Jamie Lee Curtis sold. Yeah, because she was still riding on the uh, Halloween. You know, train. So, what year was that one, Prom Night? That was 80, right? Or something like that? I think about 89, 80, 80. Yeah, so Halloween was still kind of fresh in people's minds. Yeah, it was like Halloween, uh, and I think Prom Night and Terror Train pretty came out the same year. 
You know what and really Terra Train is a superior film. Off about Terra Train's Blu-ray. What? That original poster to Terra Train is fucking amazing. Yeah. And that one yeah, actually no, had a pretty decent mystery. Yeah, no, it was great. It was, I mean, and David Copperfield. Yeah, <laughs> he was David Copperfield before he was David Copperfield. Yeah, he was doing magic in a B in a B slasher film. <laughs> yeah, he, Which I he was still about. big enough where they were nervous to ask him. They was like, "Oh, Mister Copperfield, will you be in our slasher?" Sure, as long as I yeah. can see how the effects are done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I got to ask you this. After, like, now we know who the killer is. When you first saw Terror Train, did you realize that woman was the killer? No. They handled like, it well. I was like, go ahead. No, I just, uh, I just they remember watching it well. going, wow, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, she takes her wig off. And I'm like, oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I guess um. I guess I'm attracted to uh. <laughs> all that right, was whatever. always the problem with a lot of slashes is that the killers were fucking obvious. Yeah. This one. Nope. Nope. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers, people. If you haven't seen Terror Train, yes, the woman that uh, David Copperfield's assistant is the killer, who is actually a guy. Which day? That's before the piano, right? <laughs> yeah, but it gave uh, David Copperfield a great line. What's that? I never knew she had a dick. Oh. <laughs> did he say that? <laughs> did he Did he say that in the movie? I don't remember that. He said something oh God, re- at that point. I gotta rewatch it. I gotta put. I gotta. I gotta pull my copy out and watch it after this. <laughs> Holy shit! And another one that was horrible, but the fans like it, and I don't know why. Is Happy Birthday to Me? Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah, I know. I never met anyone that really liked it, though. I don't know about you. You're on more um, sites than I am, and yeah. you do more reviews than I do, but. I don't know, the friends I have, I haven't, they, no one ever brings that one up. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's a slasher, I guess. Two I mean, most kids today, yeah, I mean, everyone today associates slasher with Halloween, Leatherface, Jason, Freddy, you know, we're, we're talking about, like, the obscure shit, and I don't know anyone that, and I know Happy Birthday to Me got that, um, VHS, pseudo VHS uh, DVD release where it looks like a VHS box. Yeah. For like five bucks, and I don't even think it's still selling. Yeah, it's still out there, but who would buy it? I mean, Jesus. It has five cool murders, but the movie is still two hours and ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah. There is so another more obvious. Um, I'm going to bring this one. Up. one another obvious. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Jason goes to hell. <laughs> there you go. Sticking but with what, like 80s um, repetitive. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. 80s repetitive horror. Oh, and speaking of 
speaking yeah. of trannies, we got to talk about the best tranny horror of the transsexual, sorry, horror fit, slasher film of the early 80s, and that's Sleepaway Camp. No one saw oh, that fucking ending coming. <laughs> no one. No, yeah. Yeah, that traumatized many of our uh, young boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when she stood up and she had a a huge cock. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it with like two of my friends and it was just like an echo chamber. What the fuck? Well, I remember I lent that to two friends of mine and they went to um No, I actually made them a VHS copy. That's how long ago this was. And they yeah. watched it. I remember the next time they saw me they were like, God damn it, Fred, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> And we already teased out by that guy that was killed in the kitchen. He's the only guy when he's killed we didn't give a shit. Yeah, we were happy. Oh, we were like, yeah, he suffered. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. What did he say? Where I come from, we call him Baldy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as too young. There's yeah, no such thing as too young. You're he just too old. We were like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, this movie had, like, a child molester right out in the open, joking with other people how he likes to fuck little girls. It's like, what the fuck? And they're all like, you're going to get in trouble one day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, joking around like, ooh, they're too young to know what you're talking about. It's like, holy shit. Or, you're a carpenter's dream. You're flat as a board and made a good screw. (laughs) No, that's a definite classic Sleepaway Camp. That one, do you have the um, uh, Screen Factory Uncut where it actually shows, again, teenage boys naked running into a fucking lake? You mean it's got the scene back where the guy does the fucking... This was not in the script, man. It was an accident. Where he's pulling down his pants and busts his head. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) that's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. He's running yeah, down there pulling his pants and then boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and then um, they, they cut the scene out, I remember, on VHS. No, on the DVD version. The VHS had the scene, the DVD version. They cut out with the boys running down the pier, ripping their clothes off, and you just see them naked jumping into the lake. And then when it came on DVD, they were like, are those guys minors? They were like, yeah, they're all under 18. Yeah, we need to cut that. And then when he released it on Blu-ray, they were like, ah, throw it back in. No one gives a fuck. We've got a child molester in the film. Who cares? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, and um, the, re- the way that, you can tell, I have seen a little bit more uncut version that has more cursing in it. Oh, God, really? They they, they, they put like 100. They added to the other 200 fuck yous, cocksucker yeah. motherfuckers. During the baseball scene. <laughs> yeah. Eat shit and die. Like Eat they're shit playing and the guy yelled at him, Hey, go fuck your mother He said yeah. after, he's like, Yeah, but I fucked your mother and I fucked her pretty damn good, she said <laughs> I think the only other movie that comes in like a close second to that is Return of the Living Dead with the fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And that's my favorite my favorite line is that he's like, You goddamn motherfuckers, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Hey, what am yeah. I in trouble for? Yeah. And what's great about Sleepaway Camp is 
I mean, when you first hear about that ending or see that ending, you think that it puts transgender in a bad light. No, it actually affirms transgender identity. So would a transgender woman or a transgender guy, whatever, you know, they, they're born in the body of a man with the brain of a woman. This movie clearly shows that when the aunt took the boy and forced him to wear clothes and identify as a girl, the brain was screaming, I have to be a girl, but I'm not. I don't feel it, which is why she flipped out. Or he flipped out. It's not even, you can't say she's. No, 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 um, no, no, no. The boy ain't flipped out because what look is on his face after with their head in his lap? The the hissing? The decapitated head. What look is on his face? He's he's smiling. So, in short, he knows she's got a dick. And guess what? Don't give a fuck. But but I'm just saying that. And that's why she has that flashback of seeing her dad in the bed with another man. Because that guy is, because that boy is giving her the same overtures. But there's a difference between gay and transgender in the fact right. that she's, and that's why got, she she's out. not a boy. I mean, she's not a girl. She's a boy. She might have been a gay boy, but she's a boy still in all. So it kind of reaffirms. So people that say, oh, it's making fun of transgenderism. No, it reaffirms that you can't force someone that they're not. A transgender person, like I said, and you can look this up scientifically, anyone out there nodding their head, no. That they're born with a chemical and biological female brain, even though it's in a male body. So this boy was forced to be a girl when he wasn't. Yeah. So right there, that plumb. He's, he's, he's always, he's always no, eyeing uh, that one girl's tits to the movie. Yeah. Which I don't blame him. Exactly. That's yeah. a nice kitty. <laughs> oh, um. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and at least Julie, one right? of the most painful, another one of the most painful deaths ever in uh, slasher history. When she sticks the curling iron up the hoo-hoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, ow, that one was for ow. the girls to cringe at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like Friday, Friday have, 13th part. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Friday 13th part uh, three with the machete through the balls. So you have a sleepaway camp with the curling iron, the hot curling iron going up the girl's pussy. And you hear, ah! Yeah, Yeah, that steak was sizzling. (laughs) And my nuts and my testicles were like, I'm not a girl, but that hurts the hell out of me. Oh, God, get it in. Yeah. (laughs) I I think my favorite effect um, in that film, and it's extremely simple, was Meg's back when she fell out of the shower. I love the way that it was bruised. It was cut, but they actually added the um, bruising showing how the blood ran out of the body because it was in water. Yeah. I thought that was really cool, subtle effect. I, that, that was one of my favorite makeups in that, was, was that. But my favorite death in that film, what would be my favorite death? The curling iron, of course. But I think it has yeah. to be the bees. The guy, God can't even take a shit in peace. And then he fucking throws a beehive in there and he dies. Oh, God, that's nasty. 
And all those yeah. poor kids <laughs> that got massacred out in the woods. Yeah. That's a simple thing. They the just chopped up some sleeping great. bags and put blood all over it, and you're just like, damn. Yeah. Well, the kids in the woods, I mean, even the director said, I might have went too far, you know. <laughs> I had <laughs> a bunch of little seven-year-olds, six- and seven-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, he, and he that even does said, create I a tiny plot hole, because how the fuck did she kill everyone in the woods and then get all yeah. the bad way back to the camp in time for her day? Camp again. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The one I mean, thing probably I hate the 13th, about, um, we already learned to explain that. Fuck it, yeah. Jason. <laughs> well, I think, um, what is it, Robot Chicken made fun of that. How does Jason get to kill people so quickly when they're running? And they show him uh, hop on a BMX bike, jumping ramps and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and getting ahead of him on his bicycle and ditching the bike so he can kill the person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, they they never really explained that. And he said he would redo it, but he said he set it up because the kids were throwing sand at uh at him when he was uh coming up, you know, at um Angela. Which that movie um is definitely memories for me. Like it's another time capsule of my like youth. Because even though the kids were the bad kids, the heavy metal kids, the wearing the like the Asia shirts and those were all my friends in high school. Like, I literally went to high school with guys exactly like those guys. <laughs> and the kid that played Ricky, he went to Maplewood High, my hometown where I'm in right now. He's the kid that played Ricky from Maplewood, New Jersey. Movie. Huh? He vanished for a while after this that movie. What did he do? Vanished off the face of the earth. Oh, yeah. Well, he had a music career. He started a music career. Yeah. So, so he did that. But, yeah, no, he he's from my hometown, Ricky. So I thought that was – I always thought that was cool. I'm like, yay. <laughs> he's from Maple. He's a Maplewood kid. <laughs> uh, okay. What's the other slashers? I mean, that's a classic. That's a good one. Uh, would one you consider Don't I... Look in the Basement? Oh, I'm sorry. Don't Look in the Basement. Which one? The 70s one? Yeah, the one with the um, nurse and in the mental institution. Yeah, of course. People get hacked up by axes and knives and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so there you go. What year was that one? That was 73. 1973. Yeah, 73. Don't That's another one that got uh, shipped out a lot with uh, Last House on the Left, Witch of the Death Nerve. It was yeah. uh, the house that vanished and... Uh, don't go into the basement. Yeah, yeah, but don't, yeah, don't, look, don't, no, don't look in the basement. Back then, the don't series. Yeah, yeah. well, that's why. Um, if you ever watch the grind, what was that Grindhouse? The Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino. They had the fake trailer. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't, because <laughs> they, they said there was like <laughs> there were so many films out in the seventies and eighties that said don't. Don't answer yeah. the phone. Don't look yeah. up. Don't go outside. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, don't look in the basement. Don't open the window. Don't go into the yeah. woods. Don't go to the park today. Uh, don't go into the house. Don't answer the phone. Yeah. Yeah, Have there's a bunch seen, of them, yeah. You no, know, you definitely had to see Don't Answer the Phone. 
Yeah, no, I've seen that one, yeah. If you're a slasher yeah, fan one. or a Joker fan, which I'll get into why, <laughs> you need to see Nicholas' worst performance in Don't Answer the Phone. Yeah, that that one's a little fuzzy in my brain because I only saw it a couple times. Because I don't think, was it ever released on disc? Yeah. Shit, I, I gotta like find it then. I got like two, three copies right. of it. <laughs> oh, fuck. How did I miss that one? <laughs> well, that's it was a lot of the Crown whole... sets. Oh, all right. Crown all International right. sets. But when <laughs> Heath Ledger did the Joker in The Dark Knight, the three movies that he watched to uh, the, define who he wanted to be as a Joker was, of course, the 1989 Batman, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, and Don't Answer the Phone. That's another great slasher, Henry. Oh, God, yeah. Based, based on Henry Lee Lucas. And had one of the most yeah. brilliant scenes. Where they you're watching them kill these people in their house, and then oh, the camera pans back, and it's them watching themselves on a TV of a video they took of them slaughtering that family. It's yeah. like holy shit! <laughs> and then you see Henry Brilliant. gets no fucking joy out of it. I mean, Otis yeah. over there's getting off on it. He's enjoying it. Oh yeah, he was a complete sicko. Well, that was in real life too. Like Henry. Henry was just a serial killer, but Otis Tool was much more nasty than he was the real life yeah. serial killers. You know, Henry always gets the um, brava of the serial killers because I guess he has a cool name, but Otis Tool, he was a sick. Well, he well Henry, to Henry confessed over a hundred killings. Yeah. Which, there's only one that he could actually prove. Anytime a lawman wanted a confession, he'd do it for him just to talk to him in the cheeseburger. They called him the cheeseburger killer. Because <laughs> if you brought Henry Lee Lucas a cheeseburger, he confessed to anything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I killed Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, God. don't answer yeah. the phone was originally called the Hillside Strangler. Until mm-hmm. it came out, there was two of them. They're like, "Oh shit, we got to change the title." What's successful? Yeah. The don't film. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> well, since we're talking about real killings, we got to bring up Deranged, the seventies film Deranged, the, the best based on uh, Edward Gein. If you ask me, what was that? The best of the Ed Gein movies. Yeah. Yes, I mean, they they really got it right. Alan Ormsby got it right with uh, this film. Like, there's a lot of Ed Gein films, but the, like even Texas Chainsaw Massacre is loosely based on it. But if you want a film showing Ed, Ed Gein's exploits, it definitely got to see Deranged. When and come out? if 74, you want to see the uncut version with the extra gore, you got to get the German disc, which I think is out of print. Um. Arrow put it out, but it's uh, the UK uh, region only. And I think it's out of print, but Kino put it out uncut. Kino Lorber, they put it out uncut. Alan Carr owns the rights to the uncut version of the range. But he can't put it out in the U.S. AIP and MGM 
own the rights to the R-rated cut of the range, which is the one that's been put out a lot on DVD over here. Yeah. No, I have the unrated put out by Kino Lorber, and I bought mine at a Barnes & Noble's bookstore. Oh, nice. Brand new. There's not that oh, much editing, but what's there is freaky as hell, where he's like taking the brain out of the skull and then uses the same spoon to put peanut butter on his fucking crackers. Yeah, popping the eyeballs out. No, there's definitely a little bit more gore to it. That's yeah. pretty cool. It's not a whole, like you said, it's not a whole lot, but it definitely makes it, it definitely intensifies the um, macabre sense of it. And that's what Ed Gein yeah. was. I mean, he, you, when you talk about or look at anything of Ed Gein or watch this movie, you can almost smell the decay. You can smell the bones. You can smell the rotting, drying blood. You know, yeah. that's what this film invokes. And, you know, the way, I mean, he's not technically a serial killer because they only can link him to two murders. But, I mean, up until a certain time period, they found the remains of over 200 bodies. And they said, we don't even have that many people. They said, we didn't even have that many people in our graveyard. (laughs) Well, if you look at the original title, it fits better. It's uh, Deranged Confessions of a Necrophile. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has a slasher edge to it, but it's it's gritty. Yeah. It's up there with, like, the German filmmakers, like um, George Baguette, you know, with Scrim. Or Scram. Is it Scram or Scram? Yeah. I think it's Scram. S-C-H-R-A-M-M. That's the serial Scram or Scram, I forget. Yeah, probably Scram. It's German, so it's probably pronounced Scram. But, yeah, that's that's another, like, really fucking underground creepy slasher film. I mean, remember the poster where he's got blood on his face and it's just a pair of breasts behind him. You know, it's like really... Yeah, yeah. George McGarrett, anybody really, not familiar with that him? That was one thing that really popped up in the early 90s was the underground slasher, which you would start yeah. getting the crazy German stuff like uh, Necromantic and uh, Shram. They're for the same director, but yeah. Yeah, the Toten King, the Death King. Yeah, that one's yeah, a sick Toten one. King. I have that one. But what were you saying? A title just. Let me look at the list here because the title just popped out of my brain, in and out of my brain, that I wanted to talk oh. about because I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, people, if we sound a little off tonight, we didn't prepare for this. This was kind of a last-minute thing. We were like, hey, it's Friday the 13th. (laughs) What was it? Oh, God, the hills have eyes, too. That was horrible. Yeah, but I want it. They just released it on Arrow Video, and I got to get it. No! That's another one that I saw. (laughs) Yep, Arrow Video just put it out. I'm going to get it. No, I'm saying no, don't waste your money on it. (laughs) No, no, I'm going to get it. No, I'm getting it. I love that film because that's another one that's like a time. You know how you can link certain films to periods in your life? Yeah. I saw that film at a really weird time in my life that led me to a a creative project I got involved with. And, yeah, it's a terrible film, but I have fond memories not of the film but of the time period. So I'm getting it for that reason. 
It's you a know, because I do that with a lot great, of films. It's the only film you're uh, going to see a dog have a flashback scene in it. I give it that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not many films that has a dog with a flashback scene where a dog's remembering how he killed someone in a previous film. <laughs> yeah. On a mini BMX bike is something you have to see. That's in the Hills of Ice, too. Yeah, where he's riding really? that motorcycle and his fucking legs are dragging the dirt because it's so small on him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot about that because I haven't seen it since I saw it on video. Holy shit. Yeah, I'm getting the Arrow video. No, I'm definitely picking that one up. I know it's a horrible film, but I have to have it. I definitely got to get that one. Yeah, that one was oh. horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we got to talk about Slumber Party Massacre as one of the the films in that whole wave of, holy shit, serial killer films are doing great. We got to have people cutting people up. <laughs> This yeah, guy is basically like a, a extension. feminist slasher film. Well, that's how they but, sold it. It was uh, written by and directed by Rita Mae Brown and stuff. And you can see the feminist hmm. stuff in it. Like the yeah. person, like he killed him with a giant rotating penis. Yeah. Well, I always said it's kind of like um, Halloween meets Driller Killer. Because it's a babysitter killer killing little, ba- you know, girls, having a slumber party, and he's got a giant drill, you know, just like the driller killer. Yeah, and that one scene where he's hanging beneath his legs, just to make yeah. sure that you get the metaphor. <laughs> that it's his penis, yep. <laughs> and has the girls getting the revenge at the end, killing him, and she castrates him when she cuts the drill off. Yeah, and it has him jump back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it had a great end. That's a movie that knew how to end. Yeah. That was a good slasher ending where they fucking got the revenge. That was they a cut fun his, one. Yeah, it was they cut his dick off and then they fucking his drill, his dick, slash dick, and they cut his hand off and then he falls backwards in a pool and then comes out and jumps and lands on the fucking machete. So that one had a good ending. Oopsie. If you're looking for a good slasher, <laughs> that's another classic, though. Sl- uh, I wish they'd make one slasher, and I might, might need to make it a short word that had that ending where there's always an ending where the killer just jumps and jumps on the knife or the machete. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would God. just have them look down and go, yeah, shit, plop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what movie did that, though? There is a movie where a guy's like, ah, fuck it. And he just dies. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't, I can't remember it. He just, like, gives up. He's like, ah, shit. <laughs> and he, like, lets himself die. Yeah. I got it. It'll come to me someday. It'll come to and me. And let's not forget the most controversial slasher of the mid-'80s, the one that caused trauma plus a million moms. And it what? made immediately the film that we had to kill when we fought each other to rent at the video store. Even people oh, that don't watch Slashers bought to rent this one. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. What? Is it, um, you want, you want me to say it? Yeah. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. It only played <laughs> I know like that one. not even a week in the theaters. Yeah. 
before it got pulled. And I remember, here's a vivid memory. My parents are coming back from the shore, and we had to pass um, what used to be the Amboy Theater, which was like, it was bigger than a mall. Like, this this theater had full-size screens and, like, 20 fucking theaters within this huge building. It was called the Amboys. And I remember I, I saw it on the marquee, Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I'm like, Mom, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, can we see it? And they they looked at me like, like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> We're not <laughs> taking you to see this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are coming back from the shorts late at night. I'm like, come on, I want to see this movie. And then it was out of the theaters a week later. Because I could have walked over to where my aunt worked at the Castle Theater and saw it. You know, but nope, got pulled. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> And what happened so is it. the day after the movie was pulled from the theaters, the producer went to his office depressed as hell. And he was sitting in there, and his secretary said, uh, you have 20 messages. No, I don't want to take them. Yes, you do. You have 20 messages. Why do I want to take them? They are people from video companies. It turned yep. out that this one was the most prized and bid over VHS title <laughs> of that year. They end up getting their budget back on what IVE paid for the video rights to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and if it wasn't for video, this movie would have just disappeared. But because video was out at the time, like big at that time, it got released, and everyone and their fucking grandmother rented it because it got such a big name. Because, and I remember seeing on the news parents out there with their picket signs, ah, oh, yes, it's destroying our children, you know, and and yeah, yeah that's how I so knew about the film. I saw it on the news. Yeah. So <laughs> of and course, that they were you just couldn't pay for like, like that. What? Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember the day it came out, my friend that worked at the video store, ring, ring, Steve, yeah, get down here, man, what, it's yeah. out, what, Silent Night, Deadly Night, I put his two copies of high, uh, behind there, you need to get here quick in an hour before the manager shows up, shit, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> see, I remember um, Pick a Flick video near me, the manager knew me, and he knew what I liked. Yeah. Like I said, he only had that video store was was like heaven. He had a, a small comedy section. I think he had like three or four drama movies, and then the biggest fucking porn room you could see, you could think of, and the rest of the video store was horror and slasher films. That's because that's you know, Yeah, and I remember like it got to the point to where I used to have to bring a parent in to rent, and my dad kept coming in, standing there with his arms folded. I grabbed my movies. And the guy got so used to me coming in there, he was like, you don't have to bring your dad anymore. Just show up. I know your dad lets you watch anything you fucking want. So <laughs> I used to just show up by myself, grab a bunch of films. When Silent Night, Deadly Night came out, he, held, uh, he got a bunch of copies in, and he held a copy behind the counter till the next time I came in. And when I came in, he took it out from behind the counter and slapped it on the counter and said, here you go. And I said, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> he did the same thing for me for Day of the Dead. Like, he held it for me because he knew I saw it once in theater, and I kept bragging about it to him. I kept telling him about it. I was oh, 14 I at the time. 
Yeah. I but, was on um, the oh, fucking David long Dead? reserve list for that motherfucker when it came out. <laughs> for Dawn, for day, for Dawn, oh, day or Dawn? Day. Day. Day of Dead, yeah. Yeah, no, that was another one. Like, it didn't do shit in the theaters. And then when it came out in video, it was like you couldn't find it. Like, it was always rented out. And so this guy, like, like you know, he knew I was, like, obsessed with horror films. And every time something new came and he thought I would like, he held it behind the counter. I remember um, Film Gore. When that came out in VHS, he held that behind the counter for me because he knew he he was like, hey, here's a bunch of films you probably haven't seen in this collection, you know, in the uh, montage collection. Yeah, you remember that in the 80s? Slasher films got so big, yeah. like they would just like put out a video with like all the titles, like segments of the titles. What was it? it was yeah, like, that um, was, uh, that, that's so the companies could sell their titles. You'd be like watching that shit, then you'd see like, oh, I like that clip. I'm going to go rent that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there was Film Gore. But, oh, some of the other ones. Uh, film Gore, Terror on Tape, which I own. Terror still. on Tape. Yes. Oh, you own that one? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's, is that the guy with the host where he's like a scientist, like, ooh, like a ghoul? That's the one with Cameron Mitchell as the video store owner and yes, Michelle okay. Bauer as uh, the girl in the bustier, and the only way that she can come is she gets scared. Yeah, okay, I remember that one. Yeah, he held that one for me. Yeah, there was a bunch of those, though. Like, they they just, they were they were like the early start of the video magazine. Like, Gorgon yeah. Video had that. Remember that? Well, the, Where it's like, hey, Gorgon here's our titles. had uh, two uh, tapes of uh, Gorgon Video magazine. Yeah. And Fangoria I think Fangoria put one out. They put two out. But no one, almost no one got the rent because the first one was Tom Savini. Nothing harmless about yep. that. And guess yeah. what they pick as their second title? What? I forgot the second Satanism one. Satanism and Satanistic Rituals. Ugh. <laughs> so can you okay. imagine how much trouble they had? That title killed the fucking line. It's like... Yeah. No, we're not going to get this in my video store. When I finally got it, I'm like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> I wonder if you could find that one. Because I know um, the first Screen Greats, because that's what they were called, Screen Greats. Fangoria yeah. Screen Greats. That you can get on the um, Creepshow um, documentary. It's the full Screen Greats is on there, the first one. Um, oh, shit, what's the name of it? Fuck. Ah, god damn it. Something to do with a cake. <laughs> but, um, my mind's going blank because I didn't prepare for this at all. But, um, yeah, yeah no, that, but, uh, yeah, that you, could, you could get that on that The second one is hard to find. Oh. But I know there was a bunch of them, like those video, like you go to the video store and there was always that disc with like a hundred media. Media Entertainment had one out. Where it had like Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I remember I even had the poster for it at one point where it had all their titles. They actually had a VHS out with uh, segments of all their titles. And you just pop that disc in. I mean, not that disc, the um, VHS in. And you would yeah. see like five minutes of each film, you know? And you, like I you said, you'd write down the Mine good ones. I had uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, Avenging Force. Uh, and break yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's where Something Weird Video got their idea to put their trailers together. Yeah, you remember those, the early uh, Something Weird videos? Well, no, you're forgetting. Forgetting it. You're forgetting the first one. What's that? Mad Ron's preview from hell. That's right. Oh, my God, yes. Previews from hell. That had, like, um, Oasis of the Zombies and shit like that yeah, on Yeah, it was like uh, 90 minutes of gore movie trailers. Shockwaves. I remember that's where I first saw Shockwaves was on that, on the um, on Mad Ron's. And I was like, ooh, Nazis yeah. and Zombies? I need that movie. <laughs> okay, Mad Ron's. Wow. But yeah, Thank but- you. And we got time together because slashers, most of them we've seen on VHS. Because we could yeah. see the theaters, but we go, we could rent them out for a fucking dollar. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. I used to grab, like, uh, when school ended on Friday, I went straight to the video store with whatever change I had. Fucking grab a stack of tapes, and that was my weekend. <laughs> While Hell my friends yeah. were out on their bikes Me and too. they fucking... Dating, I was like watching horror movie after horror movie. You know, it got to the point to where my parents got so sick of me, like taking up their TV. They literally bought me a TV and my own VCR and said, "Stay in your room. We don't want to see that shit." Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Those were the good old days, but yeah, the eighty slash. Oh, here's another one. You ever seen Superstition? No. That one I missed. Oh, God, that one's so much fucking fun. It's about a witch that's uh, burnt, that's burnt and put in a lake back in the 18th century. So she comes back to life in the 80s and starts slashifying people. She kills one boy by putting his head in a microwave and cooking it. Oh, my God. You just made me think of another title. (laughs) What? Oh, microwave basker. Microwave massacre. And there's massacre. one scene where a <laughs> yeah. jumps up in the freaking floor and goes right in this guy's chest. Oh. It oh, is that sounds like flasher trash. Just look up the title, Superstition Trailer. It's fun. Oh, I'm, I'm getting a pencil right now to write that. <laughs> Superstition Trailer. Don't forget the one I showed you tonight, Blood Lake, which is basically... What if uh, when we were a teenager, we just decided to get drunk and just say whatever the fuck we wanted to and make a fucking slasher film? <laughs> yeah, that was the days of the uh, big VHS camera, can- Canon cameras that sat on your shoulder. I had yeah. one of those because I made a couple, like, little shitty films on those. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I remember that. I, not that movie. You, you told me about that one. I only saw a few yeah. scenes from it. That, yeah. that one I got to check out. Yeah. Um, what's another Don't kill me. video? Um, I'm just... Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Don't kill me. Here's a, I just work here. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> me? That, I saw that scene, yeah, and he just cuts him with the knife. Here's and an guess obscure why the killer's one. killing them for? This I didn't see it, so I don't know. It's going to kill you. What? Her parents buy the house from him, but they just decide not to pay him for it. Oh, so that's why he's killing? Yeah. Because <laughs> they oh, bought God. the house for him, but they didn't pay for it. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's 
I was going to say straight on video. The whole movie is pulled out of their ass. <laughs> yeah, they they just made it up as they went along. Well, how are we gonna? Yeah. Why why is he killing people? You know? Oh, they didn't pay him. Like what? <laughs> oh, we both have. Yeah, you both have, but you just decided not to pay him. Well, that, I wouldn't be rooting for the killer then. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you ripped me off, motherfucker. You're gonna pay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Oh God, I miss those those straight on video slashers. I was just gonna bring up um, Cannibal Campout. Do you remember that one? Oh God, yeah, that's another one on that set. If you can find it, the basement set, it's hard to miss because it looks like a giant VHS box. Yeah. If you're looking for some of the best in VHS trash, there's it. <laughs> Cannibal camp out on that? Yeah. Remember you got it the basement VHS set? Yeah. It I didn't even set I only got that disc. What? You I didn't the set was sold out, I so I just has, grabbed Cannibal uh, Camp out. Mine has the basement uh VHS, the basement D V D uh, video violence one and two. Cannibal Campout and Cannibal Campout. No, nah, no, nah, I didn't get that. I only got the um, video violence, which I got autographed. I bought it from them, and the Cannibal Campout was just an independent DVD release. Here, it's around there somewhere, somewhere close. But I'll get my big set and show you and tell you what's on it. Da, 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 da. This is what I'm gonna have to probably videotapes and shit, people. <laughs> like every fucking where and you're like looking through is it in this pile or this pile or that pile? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I got I, I got a one I keep telling myself I'm gonna organize my shit and I never do. Like <laughs> I got hundreds of fucking discs all over the place. Yeah, mine is um my my uh DVD Cannibal Campout Retro Eighties Horror Collection, uh Camp Motion Pictures. That's who put it out. Oh, that ain't what I got. I got the basement. Oh, does yours have commentary and uh, ma- uh music yeah. videos? It actually has yeah. the basement on VHS too. That's what comes in the big oh, okay. VHS box. Yeah, no. So I got the retro, I got the retro '80s collection of Cannibal Campout, which is a classic. That's yeah. like really ba- bargain basement. Films. Five films on DVD plus VHS tape. Uh, yeah, no, that's not what basement. I got. Captives, video violence, video violence two, Cannibal Campout. See, my video violence is also Camp Motion Pictures, um, put out by Lunch Meat yeah, for VHS's Happiness. Motion Pictures. It's just that this one comes with uh, the basement on VHS too. Oh no, mine don't. No. Uh, wow, that's funny. So yeah, we got two different um, releases then. Yeah, mine's but, like I mean, I'm still happy what I got. Everything that they put out. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm still happy what I got because I love Cannibal Camp Out, which their special effects, some of them I recognized. There used to be um, 
a FX company in Florida called Stage Door Effects, and you could buy pre-made appliances. And I remember watching Cannibal Campout, especially the guts and some of the effects, like the slashes and stuff. I'm like, holy shit, that's a stage door effect. <laughs> yeah, I can remember I seeing them advertised at the back of uh, Fangoria magazine. Yes, stage door effects. That's where Cannibal Campout used a lot, got a lot of their effects from, was from that stage door effects. Well, but so, a lot I used of to buy my movies effects. did. Yeah, and I, that's where I used to get my effects when I did independent shit, which don't exist anymore because they were all done on VHS, given out, and I don't even think I have a copy anymore, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, no, so Cannibal Campout was definitely part of that, like, underground slasher, you know, you only saw it in a video store, you know? That was it. <laughs> well, not of the underground. It's just that the 80s was the only time that you could make a no-budget independent movie and shoot it on VHS and have a decent chance and be able to sell enough copies to video stores who were dying for content before the studio flooded them. And you could sell enough copies to make your money back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, today with, um, I guess, what is it? The, uh, whole, um, you know, crowdfunding, uh, because that's how some of them are made now, these independent films. They just crowdfund them, and you're promised credit in the uh, movie. Because you do. You get a credit, a donation credit, which I'm going to yeah. be in the next um, release for uh, Never Hike Alone. I'm going to be in that credit because I donated to the movie. Okay. And what do you think of uh, the new uh, retro throwback boom that's going around movies like uh, Don't Go Into the Woods, you know, Don't. Hiking well, which one's a retro like now? That. Well, what what's the title that's out there now? What? Don't go in the woods is a new one. Yeah, that's a friend of mine made that. Oh. I've got the DVD autographed by him. Oh shit! No, I didn't even see that one. But still, what do you think is a new retro movement where they're making eighty slashers instead of oh, wait, I love wait, it. Not, not Actually, movie. I actually um have one. Uh, it's called Lake Nowhere. It's an 80s yeah. slasher where it's a guy in the woods hacking up kids at a cabin that are partying, college students. And um yeah no I and it looks like an 80s slasher it has the music and everything like late 70s early 80s. If anybody can find well, that one, Lake Nowhere. Your new boy, your new boy, he's definitely a late 80s 80s horror hero genre type slasher character. Who? Art. Oh, Art, yeah, Art the Clown. <laughs> yes. When you said new boy, I'm like, who's my new boy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, definitely Terrifier is definitely a throwback to 80s slashers. Matter of fact, there's even um, a scene where there's a music cue, and it's like, that sounds very familiar. It's very John Carpenter. Like, they, yeah. it literally sounds like they ripped it out of Halloween and threw it in this film. Which I hope There's they didn't do because they can get like their ass There's things like The Barn, which is a good, which yeah. is a fun one. Yeah. 
And as far as like newer, I mean, it's not new, but it's newer. Uh, it's high tension. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, high tension. Yeah, yeah, where she's running around with that giant fucking <laughs> buzzsaw. Concrete cutter, yes. I was like, holy shit, that was a total throwback to the Italian splatter films. Yeah. So, or was that French? That was French. Well, anything yeah. I've just done has been funny shit. The Hills Have Eyes remake, uh, yeah. Crawl, Mirrors, Piranha. Yeah. I mean, I like anything that, that calls back. I mean, I'm a big fan of Stranger Things, so... You know, you do yeah. something with the 80s, I'm there. Matter of fact, I even saw um, today someone put out a, a fake trailer for Friday the 13th, the video game movie. And it's literally, uh, what if they took the video game and made it a movie? <laughs> and, what, it, and that's its own yeah. subgenre of its own is Friday the 13th fan film. Hell, there was that one yeah. that was so good, Crank Crystal Tales, that they put that it on the last batch of Friday the 13th special editions. Yeah, there's one that's being worked on now called Jason Rising, which looks really good. I'm seeing, like, production, production stills of that one. There's a bunch of them. Oh, God, I wish I could remember because I'm friends with a few of the um, filmmakers online of those, and they all look really good. And what really got those going was, and I'm going to say the title, was Never Hike Alone, which if, if someone's listening to this, look that one up. It's for free online. It's almost a full feature film. It's almost an hour long. And it started off as just a 15-minute a fan film, but they kept coming up with more and more ideas, and then they found this great location. Have you seen it yet, Steve? No, I need to. I'm going to send it to you tonight after the show. I'm going to send you the link to the film. I mean, I actually contributed and got the first DVD autographed. And then they then I got it on Blu-ray because I needed extra copies because, you know, I'm an idiot like that. And now they're doing a prequel. They're, they're doing um, three more films to flesh it all out. Um, a prequel called Never Hike in the Snow. And they actually got a character from part six. You know who I'm talking about, right, Steve? Yeah. Tommy. They, they, Tom, Tommy, Tom Matthews. Yes. They actually I'm got sorry, Tom Matthews to be in Never Hike Alone. That's the best advice I've ever seen a slasher film gave you, give you. Yeah. Never Hike in the Snow. Yeah. That makes perfect damn sense. <laughs> yep. Never Hike Alone. And it it, it was done so well. Like, people have officially said it's in the uh, Friday franchise. So it is, to me, one of the best of the um, family Yeah, because we won't get a special one for a while, it seems, because of the lawsuit that's going on. Yeah. Well, that's why these fans are making all these great Friday films, because we haven't got one since the Platinum remake, you know, with Derek Mears as Jason. And... There's an audience out there starving for Friday films. We want more. We haven't gotten our fill, obviously. So now all these fans are saying, fuck it. We're just going to make our own Friday films. And now with technology being where it's at, with computers and the um, digital cameras, they can make something that looks like a fucking studio film. 
and Never Hike Alone looks like a fucking studio, uh, studio film. So, and it fits. And the fact that they got a, an actor from the previous film, and he's Tommy. It's Tommy grown up. It, as this, he's playing himself from part six. It's continuing from part six. Have so you this seen the Ranger? right in the Friday the 13th timeline now. So do you want me to spoil anything for you in it? No. Okay. Have I'm you seen let the you Reindeer Man? Reindeer Man. No, I have not. Ranger. The Ranger. Oh, Ranger? No. Oh, you would like it. It's about a group of punks to go to hide out in the woods after killing a cop, and they run into a psychotic forest ranger. Oh, oh God. i got to see that one then. That's that early. What? Yeah, it's that, a It's a one. newer one? It's a retro one? Yeah. I've seen oh, I it about see two then. years ago at the K- Knoxville Horror Fest. <laughs> nice. I wish I could get you to see um, Lake Nowhere, but I have the DVD Blu-ray, but it, uh, you can't find it online for free anywhere. You have to buy it if you can still find it. I have that and the vinyl soundtrack. I was lucky that I discovered it as it was coming out, and I ordered both of them. I don't even know if you can get the discs anymore. You'll have to check, but it's definitely worth watching. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and the last thing before we close up is you like the 80s stuff well i've got three letters for you son vfw <laughs> yeah you were telling me about that one i have not seen that on one two so bad oh it hits the <laughs> blu-ray on the 30th oh okay i'm getting it because i've heard nothing but awesome things about that movie i haven't heard yeah. one person say eh, it was okay no, all I hear is, oh, fuck, you got to see this. <laughs> Wait yeah, a I mean, it is an 80s slasher slash action film. There's no maybe okay. about it. I've definitely got to see that. But oh, yeah, come on, i got to bring up uh, that... three more films. What? Come on. Okay, real quick, real quick. Can I bring yeah. up three films real quick? Go ahead. Okay, so Pieces. You have to see pieces. You don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. That was the tagline. So anyone listening to this, you have to see the movie Pieces. It's um, a Madrid production that was supposed to take place in Boston, USA, which makes no sense. And it has some of the greatest gore effects and some of the campiest lines like, oh, um, oh God damn it. Like the girl getting chopped in half and she, they literally used a real pig body as a close-up to chop it so you can see the meat flying and the girl saying there's nothing better than smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed great lines like that student and body get this one would you fuck me again you- i'll promise to be quieter you can even stuff a sock in my mouth if you want <laughs> yes that was kendall <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was the um what do you call People usually say bastard, but let's not forget the best line in the movie. Oh, 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 oh. Um, is that um the Chinese? Yeah, bad chop suey. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Must have had bad chop suey after he had a kung fu. Out of nowhere, there's a... Yes, people, listen. In the middle of the slasher film, there is just an uh, instantaneous kung fu fight scene. The guy gets knocked up, comes up, and says, oh, I'm sorry, I must have had bad chop suey. Good night, and walks away. 
What the fuck? Oh my god, it's the greatest it's the greatest slasher film ever made. And uh, and follow up line too. Who the hell was that? Oh, that's my kung fu professor. Yeah, that's my fucking kung fu professor. What? Makes no sense. And then there's student bodies. I had to bring that one up. That was way before Scream, you know, the Scream knockoffs and the, um, what is it, scary movie comedies. This yeah. came out in 1980 saying there was 100 slasher films made. None of them lost money. Student bodies. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a total rip on every trope of the slasher films. That's a hard one to find, but you can still find it. Uh, you can actually find it now on Blu-ray, double featured with um, um, De- Jekyll and Hyde together again. I don't know why it's double oh with Jekyll and Hyde God. together. Fuck <laughs> yes, you, they're both amazing. Yes. <laughs> Student Bodies and Jekyll and Hyde together again is on Blu-ray together. <laughs> so I recommend picking again. that up. In the late and 70s, say, my, after she's been shown, we had... Weed exploitation film. Jekyll and yes. I together again is the only coke exploitation film. Cocaine, yes. Yeah. And it is brilliant. I can't recommend that film enough. That's like one of my top favorite comedies of the 80s. Fucking Jekyll and Hyde together again. So before we close this out, I'm going to say my favorite slasher film, which is probably going to come from Let's Feel for You. But it's the original My Bloody Valentine. The only Every blue time, collar I'm slasher film why. ever made. What was that? The only blue collar slasher film ever made. Yes. And that movie I love for two reasons. One, it's a solid fucking slasher film. The kills are great, especially now that they put it out with the uncut scenes, cleaned up. They, Screen Factory just released it clean. It doesn't. It do, it's not all glitchy shit now. It's it cleaned it up with all the original gore scenes in it. But that film, every time I watch it, reminds me of the times I go, used to go to Pennsylvania mines with my dad, because my dad had this thing where he would do, go into caves or hit old mines and used to take me on tours. So that film, every time I watch it, I feel like I'm with my dad again, hanging out with him. And the Ballad of back... fucking amazing end song. Yes, and it had the greatest fucking end song ever. The ba- it was a f- Irish folk country song about Harry Warden. And I had the vinyl, two-record two vinyl soundtrack because of that song. <laughs> I had to search yeah. out the fucking vinyl for that to get it but that is my all-time favorite slasher film is my bloody valentine as much as i talk about jason i love jason but i always go back to my bloody valentine that's that i never put that on my shelf it's always next to my blu-ray player ready to be popped in when i need to watch it what's yours (laughs) oh the one i watch the most and enjoy the most it probably is that insane piece of trash from Texas that was originally titled Fall Break, a.k.a. The Butilator. <laughs> oh, God, yes. <laughs> okay. Definitely. That's up there with Intruder. Remember Intruder with Sam, yeah. with Sam Raimi's brother? 
<laughs> yeah. The only slasher to take place in a grocery store. And yeah, you can find a true uncut print of that one. It's one of the nastiest fucking slashers out there. Nasty as shit. Yeah, Intruder's definitely a classic, but yours is great too. The Mutilator's fucking awesome. That that's a classic too. All right, good choice, man. (laughs) (laughs) Mine may be a little bit more mainstream because it got a modern day shitty remake slash sequel, whatever the fuck that was. Remake isn't that bad. It's not terrible, but I would have rather a sequel. They were gonna, and they're still talking about doing a sequel. The, dir- the director's still alive, and he wants to do a sequel. He he doesn't even acknowledge the remake, really, because he didn't even have anything to do with it. So I liked it. I just didn't like... You know what it was? I didn't like that they, they went so 3D with it, like purposely 3D. Hey, like I it like kinda, like, I, I can do it with Friday the 13th 3, but I couldn't do it with this one. And I didn't like that it was... It was I don't know. It just... You know, I'm going to have to rewatch it because I only watched it once and I only saw it because it has, um, what's his name in it? From uh, Escape from New York and um, Creep Show and. Tom Atkins. Um, Halloween. Yeah, but you huh? forgot. What movie did we get because My Bloody Valentine was a big hit at the box office? Mm, what? Drive Angry. Oh, that was because of that movie? Yeah, same director, same writer. Okay, so, all right, shit. All right, I take it back. Uh, The remake is good. (laughs) (laughs) And if you haven't seen Drive Angry, that is another one of those perfect 80s action films that wasn't made in the 80s. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I take it back. But you know what it is? Because I I built, because, because My Bloody Valentine is so important to me that when I heard remake, I instantly didn't like it. Not even without even seeing the film, I'm like, no, don't touch, don't touch my trashy '80s slasher film that's so fucking close to me that every time I watch it, I can still smell that clean Pennsylvania air in the polluted ass fucking coal mine. Yeah, because <laughs> I do. I, I smell that dank air. I still can remember that dank fucking air. But it, it's so close to me that film. It's it's I can't even like really. No, it's one of the I mean, best. I have the Lion King yeah. Blu-ray of uh, My Bloody Valentine with the uncut footage, and I don't think I'll be upgrading it. No, get the Scream Factory. It, they cleaned it up. It doesn't have the shocking in between. Like, you know how you're watching it? It's like movie, and then it's gritty, grainy shit. They cleaned it up. Yeah. It, go, it flows right into each other. Yeah, no, but... I, that, I do I like, recommend the Scream. Here's me. I like the grainy footage because... That way you can tell what was cut out. And some of them, I'm like, ooh, that's gore. I can see where they cut it out. And then some, I'm like, why the fuck did they cut this out? This has nothing to do with the fucking gore. <laughs> okay, but this this the Scream Factory, also has the last um, show that they did together, like convention, before one of the actors died. They have that convention of them talking where they perform the Ballad of, of um, Harry Warden live yeah. in front of the audience. They have interview, modern interviews with the actor. It's worth getting, and it has audio commentary. Yeah. 
it's worth for the features alone. So keep your um, your your Lionsgate because I have that one too. But definitely pick up the Screen Factory because of all the features it comes with, which which I I literally cried watching them. Like oh I love you, <laughs> you know, Mo- like like recently shot interviews from like the past couple of years. So and it does and um, honor the. Next. Well, me and Fred will be back again. Well, it's not like a time work because we'll be back again from last Saturday. When we recorded the live watch up Friday the 13th, part 7. So it's not over yet. And thank you for <laughs> It was a blast. Please, don't worry. We'll get through this. We always do. <laughs> yeah, we'll survive it. Everything's going to be fine. Your toilet paper will protect you. <laughs> Unless you are one of those nasty motherfuckers that don't trim your fingernails, then you'll poke your way through the toilet paper. So trim your nails, too. Or you G.G. Allen, you just shit and keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's just one, you know. And good night, everybody. Good night. Happy Friday the 13th. Peace.